0: You are here on purpose, with a purpose, by design, and not by default. And it is your time right now to share your story on Right Now. Hello and welcome back. Today's guest, my good friend, check it out, inventor, speaker, author, coach, and like I said, my friend, Stefan Leary is here to empower you today. Hello, Stefan. how are you?
1: Hello, Pamela, how are you? And hello to the audience. I'm so excited to be here. Looking forward to an awesome time.
0: Oh, it is gonna be an awesome time because I know that when you show up, the party is just getting started, so.
1: Well, you know, I've been told that many times. So let's party.
0: Uh, let's party. Let's party. So I have an empowerment quote for you, and we discussed it just a couple of minutes ago. And I I, I just I just thank heaven for giving the exact quote for the right for each person. And so our mentor and I say ours because he's yours and he's mine. One of our mentors, the legendary Les Brown, says (laughs) you have greatness in you. Now, this is powerful to me as a minister, because I believe that we have the greater one in us, which is why we have greatness in us and all that potential. It just God desires to pull it out of us and to utilize it, you know, to affect the masses of people. Greatness in you. And I like to add you have greatness in you, so step into your greatness. Yeah, I love yeah.
1: That. I love
0: what does that. it mean to you, Stefan?
1: When I hear that, it's uh, it's it gives me chills because I had the opportunity to speak to Mr. Les Brown, and little did I know, over my 27 years of training and coaching, you know, high school and college kids, professional basketball players, I used to always say there are seeds of greatness in you. And so when I got a chance to talk to him and meet with him and he, and people told me, well, you sound like Les Brown. He says there's greatness in you. And it resonated with who I was, what I was about, actually affirmed and confirmed that perhaps I was speaking, <laughs> speaking the right things over these many years. But what it means to me is that Everything you hope, dream and desire to be in life, it's in you. Wow. All you have to do is tap into it. And I always say that God uses God moments Mm -hmm. to place us in a time, in a season to where we grow and we multiply into who he has called us to be. He created every single one of us with purpose. And that's the greatness that is in you. You have to tap into it.
0: Tap into it. And I have a feeling you're gonna be talking to us today about tapping into your greatness. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. How we well, tap have, into it.
0: I have heard bits and pieces of your story, which is amazing. And I am excited to hear more today. But yes. I even have a greater anticipation in me for everybody listening and tuning in yes. to hear from you. And remember, the theme is that we learn and we grow together. Yes. I have such anticipation in my heart today that there is going to be exponential growth. Yes. People, because of this word and due season that's going to come through you and into others today. Take it away and inspire us today.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, Pamela. It is such an honor to be here with you today and uh, truly humbling uh, for myself. Uh, it's a new journey for me that uh, that I'm on. Um, I've been in sports and training and coaching for 27 years and COVID hit and I shift into becoming an author and a speaker and I had to go back to a place and realize that Stefan Leary had a tremendous situation happen, circumstance happened at the age of 17. I was adopted by a white family and sort of like the movie, The Blind Side. And it changed the course of my life forever. And I told people that I had lived my life from 17 to 50 Um, as that adopted kid by this white family. When COVID hit, it made me reflect back to zero to 17. And when I had to look back at zero to 17, what I didn't realize was all of the pain and anguish and uh, abuse and suffering that I had endured to get to the place where I was. And so God took me back to that place. That place began in Louisiana. My mom was a single mom, actually in Louisiana. She lived with a man that was an abusive man. Um, He was a gambler and a drinker. He would come home in the middle of the night and he would abuse my mom. And if we as kids cried or whatever, he would also abuse us. Um, I began to grow up in a situation where uh, my mother, um, she was so afraid that she ran in the middle of the night, I don't know time or whatever. All I know is that one night, my mom grabbed all of us, threw us in a car with a strange man, and off we drove. Mm -hmm. We drove to a place where I now reside and where my mom resides in Houston, Texas. And we lived in Houston, Texas. I remember as a kid, I walked outside the first time. And it was so unfamiliar that I screamed and my mom ran outside and she grabbed me and she said, come inside, come inside. She woke us all up and she told us that she had left my dad and that we were in Houston, Texas. She also told us that we had to stay in the house. We couldn't go outside and play because my dad was on the hunt to find us, that he had a gun, that he wanted to kill us and killed her. And so we were locked in the house for a while. We were able to go outside whenever my mom would make contact with her siblings. And they would say, we've seen him yesterday or today. So we knew he was in Louisiana. So she could say, go outside and play, go outside and play. And then she would say, we haven't seen him in a while. And she would bring us in the house and we had to just stay in the house, not knowing if he would ever find us. Finally, the search was over. And so I grew up in a small, I grew up in Houston, Texas, two bedroom apartment with seven siblings and a a mom with a boyfriend and life began as I knew it. Many of my siblings turned to the streets, drugs, alcohol, dropped out of school. I I tell people and the young people that I coach, I went to school for just a few reasons, Pamela. One was to eat breakfast there was nothing to eat at home. But I wouldn't run away from school after I ate breakfast, me and my siblings. And we would go home and climb back in the bed. And then we would wake up and we would run to school just to eat lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And we would run back home. And we wouldn't go to school. My mom got in trouble. And she said, you guys have to get up and go to school or I'm going to go to jail. So I found myself uh, going to school for those reasons. Eat breakfast, eat lunch, and then I fell in love with recess. So I went (laughs) to school for breakfast, lunch, and recess. I began to, uh, my teachers and stuff began to say to me that I was a pretty good athlete. And so I fell in love with sports. And it gave me a reason to want to get up and go to school. So as I grew throughout my youth i i fell in love with playing football basketball baseball ran track i boxed i swam i did everything to find security in myself and escape the troubles of the inner city my siblings turned to drugs and alcohol sooner or later they dropped out of school i stayed in school because i wanted to play sports my brother, my oldest brother, he loved to play as well. And used to take me around to parks to play basketball against the best. Whatever park we heard about, there was a uh, good games going on. He would take me to play. We played at a park even where you know George Floyd, who grew up in Third Ward as well. He was he used to be at McGregor Park, where where I grew up and played at. Um, he took me to a gym where there were Hall of Fame players like Elvin Hayes would bring his son, uh, University of Houston guys like Clyde Drexler and Michael Young and Mishaw and Reed Geddes. Those top name guys were there. And my brother saying, let's go where the pros are and see how good you really are. I went to play with those guys as a youngster. And I happened to be pretty good that a coach was there who saw me. This coach saw potential in me. His name was Dave Stallman. Dave Stallman is still a great friend and mentor today. Dave Stallman asked me, would I like to go to a basketball camp? And I said, well, sure, but I don't think I'd be able to go because my parents, my mom wouldn't be able to pay for it. Plus, I said, I don't know if I have the right shoes to play in. I used to play in the shoes that had holes in the bottom. And um he said, well, hey, what if I tell you that someone will pay for you to go and I'll get you a pair of shoes, would you go? And I said, yeah, if my mom will let me. He said, but the camp is in Clearwater, Florida. I said, well, I don't know if she'll let me go out of town, <laughs> but I'll ask. My mom let me go. And so I went to this camp. Little did I know he was taking me to this camp of the late great hall of famer, Pistol Pete Maravich which he had a birthday a couple of days ago, rest in heavenly peace to Pistol. Um, I got I get to the camp and I was such a competitive, driven, determined young man with a little roughness around the edges that I wasn't very nice to my teammates. I was kind of a showboat. If I did something spectacular, I probably would talk trash. That was just who I was as an inner city kid, that's just the way it was. Right. So much so my team was undefeated. We got to the end of camp and Pistol Pete Maravich wanted to have lunch with Stefan Leary. You have to imagine in this moment that I thought I arrived. Sure. Yes, Pistol Pete Maravich wants to have lunch with Stefan Leary. I've made it, unfortunately, I sit down at this table one day, the closing out of camps, and Pistol Pete tells me all of the good things that someone would love to hear as a 17-year-old kid. Stefan, you have great potential. Stefan, you're a great player. Stefan, you remind me of my teammate in Boston, the Celtics, the late uh, Tiny Archibald. He said, you have a chance to be a professional but I wanted to have lunch to tell you this one thing. I won't be giving you the MVP award. And in amazement and shock, I say, what? What? I dominated these kids. I'm better than these kids. How could you do that? And he said, Stefan, he told me these words that changed the course of my life forever. He said, your character doesn't fit the award, Mm. it was the most painful time that I had experienced in my life at that time, but it was also the most rewarding. He told me something that I had never, ever heard before in my life, and that was character matters. You see, growing up in the inner city, I thought it was all about being tough, it was all about being the best. It was all about stepping on one person to get to the mountaintop. It was about knocking others off the top of the mountain to become king of the mountain. Mm. It was about putting your opponents down and shaming them and letting them know that you are better than they are. Right. That wasn't character. Mm. I ran, I got so upset. I flipped the table over, I ran out the door, and the little that I realized when I got out the door, I'm in Clearwater, Florida, that's the long run home. <laughs> and so I ran to the end of the curve and I'm crying profusely. Why is he doing me like this? Why did he treat me like this? I can't believe I came all the way here for him to hurt my feelings. I thought this was gonna be good for me. And yeah, I did the whole pity party thing. And Coach Stallman came up to me and he sat beside me, put his arms around me and he said, Pete told me what he told you. He said, I invited you to this camp because I wanted you to hear Pistol Pete's story because you have a lot of potential in your life. He said, if you would do me a favor, just come listen to Pistol Pete and we can go from there. I went to listen to Pistol Pete, June 18th, 1986, close out of Pistol Pete Maravich basketball camp. He told the story of being a a brash, harsh, cocky, multi first million dollar NBA player, Hall of Fame basketball player who almost lost his life because of his big mouth and because of his attitude. While he was speaking, it was in that moment that I began to cry and to shed tears. I began to see myself in Pistol Pete's story. And at the end of camp, he closed out camp and he said, is there anyone under the sound of my voice would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. And I raised my hand and that was the day that the life of Stefan Larry changed. It was almost like the scales off my eyes like Jesus himself in the scriptures touched the eyes of the blind man and these scales fell off, that I began to see life for what it was. You see, in the inner city, we live to survive. You live to conquer. What I learned and what became evident to me when the scales fell off my eyes was there's purpose to life. There is good, there is evil, there's right, there's wrong, there is sin, there's righteousness. And if you have a chance to become all that God desires for you to be, you must choose to live the right way. I go back to my, uh, my family and i felt different. I saw things different. I didn't want to hang out with the drugs, the alcohol, the girls, the whatever, the parties. I wanted something different for my life. For the first time, I desired to be successful and to fulfill the purpose in which God had for me. Mm. Coach Stallman called me and he said, hey, how's life? How's everything going? I said, not too good because of all of the things that I'm facing around me. He said, hey, would you like to come out and go to the Christian school that I coach at? And at that time, I thought, Christian school? What is that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. He said, it's the same in school, but we teach you biblical principles to help you learn and grow to be who God's called you to be. So in that moment, I said, yeah, sure, um, but I don't know if my mom will let me. He said, well, will you come out and visit? I came out to visit Pamela. He took me to a five o'clock in the morning prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. And if I was in earthly form, I think I saw an angel in heavenly form.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At a five o'clock in the morning prayer meeting, this lady by the name of Lynn Johnson. She happens to be white. After the prayer meeting, she walks up to me and she says, what is a young man like you doing here? Bunch of adults praying for their day, wives seeing their husbands off to work, praying for their children. That's what that prayer was about. And here I was, the 17 year old kid dwelling among them. I said, I was here with him. <laughs> I was a little bit intimidated. <laughs> she, said, uh, she said, well, what are you here to do? I said, I'm came to visit this Christian school. Little did I know that her kids attended that Christian school. And she said these words to me, Pamela, that changed my life forever. She said, that's funny, while we are praying, I felt like God told me to offer you a place to live. And in an amazing, shocking moment, I said, me? You want me to come live with you? She said, yes. She said, "I, if you come to school here, you have a home to live. I've never felt so much love, never felt so much compassion, Furthermore, for the first time in my life, someone of another skin color, someone who didn't look like me, someone who didn't share similar backgrounds, extended their hands, their arms, their home to me. For the first time I saw and felt the love of God like I never felt before. I went to visit the school, Lynn invited me over to dinner to meet their kids. I went over to meet the kids and I met the met their sons, Billy, Scott, and Jacob. And this wonderful little girl named Jessica, she's my little heart. She's about nine years old. She runs up to me, she jumps in my arm. She grabs me around the neck kisses me on the cheek. She says, I love you. Are you going to be my big brother? I didn't know what to do. I was overwhelmed with so much love, so much compassion. They welcomed me in with open arms. The funny thing is Pistol Pete had come to do a camp in Katy, Texas, in which he invited me personally right before I went to the school. And when I went to the camp the second time, I was a changed man and I young man. And I won every award at the camp. And the funny thing is, my brothers was at that camp. And when they said, Oh my gosh, it's him. It's the guy from the camp. And it was such an unbelievable moment. It was nothing but God. I could have done that. My life changed the course of my life forever. Pistol Pete became a friend and a mentor. That's why he's on my wall. He helped change the course of my life. Um, That next summer, after I graduated from high school, Pistol Pete, uh, before he passed away, Mm -hmm. asked little Stefan Leary to be a part of his camp staff. I was the only young person that he had ever done that for. He helped change my life. He became a friend and a mentor. That family is still my family today. God has done such amazing things in my life. I've now become, i coached and trained in high school, college. I was an athletic director, counselor. I've done so many things in my life that my message to everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice is this. If I can, you can. You are more than what you see because there is truly seeds of greatness in you and God has a purpose and a plan for your life. If you would use the opportunities to submit to that which he's called you to do in your life, you will begin to do things in you that you never ever could have imagined. Stefan Leary grew up in a family in a situation where I had no structure. I wasn't made to go to school. I wasn't the smartest kid. I don't know, have any idea how I've written two books and I'm about to write a third book. <laughs> I don't know what in the world made me invent a training and rehabilitation shoe. And I'm trying to launch that hopefully will help people rehabilitate and train. My mom says that shoe's going to make people walk again. I said, okay, (laughs) I I can't explain to you the power of what God does to a surrendered life. Mm -hmm. I can only share with you that if I can do it, you can do it, not because I'm better or more equipped because it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. And he has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us.
0: Okay, I'm still recovering here. Like Phoenix <laughs> <Be back> now.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: so, your story is amazing. Would you share a little bit more about uh, your family? When you you said you were adopted by a white family and yes. that you experienced love that you for the first time and it came it was the love of god that you were experiencing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that family dynamic cuz i know you said you're all intertwined and you're still connected. Um just unpack that a little bit more for the people that are that are viewing. Please.
1: Well, first of all, i would just say that you know the scripture says faith, hope and love. Mm-hmm the greatest of these is love. I believe that love changes things. Yes. And I cannot explain to people that the way this family love welcomed and embraced me changed me in such a way that I, it was almost instant, like a snap of my finger that wiped away everything that I ever knew about race, diversity, social economics, all of those things that hinder us from what your model is for your show. We can be better together. They love me beyond the color of my skin. They love me beyond my economic background. I walked into their home with a little brown paper bag that's all the clothes that I had. I had one pair of shoes on. And I never slept in the bed by myself. Growing up in a two bedroom apartment with seven kids, you have the stackable, you know, three level bump beds. And, uh, we had seven kids so that seventh person had to either sleep on the floor or sleep <laughs> sleep with someone so um i never even had my own room i slept you know someone slept so bad you didn't sleep with them or you know whatever and so you know i grew up sleeping on the floor and um i get to this house and my brothers gave up their room for me um i had my own room Something that I just thought, wow, I bet. the unselfishness of uh, this family that loved me. You see, in the, inter- the in uh, the small town in Louisiana where I grew up in, it's in central Louisiana, a small town called Bunky. It has uh, still plantations today that my grandparents and their parents worked at plantations. Uh-huh. Um, there's a railroad track that divided the whites and the blacks. And we were told to don't cross those tracks at night because if you do, you may not return. That's where I grew up, that's where my foundation of what race was all about. And it was like the love that this family showed me, it broke the curse of hatred, of diversity, of seeing a person and accepting them because of the color of their skin or their economic status, and it overwhelmed me with the compassion and and an ability to love others the way that I have been loved. My dad is the man that poured into me the invention. He has inventions. It was almost like God gifted me with a family that gave me the things that I did not have in growing up. But what I love about what Wes, uh, Les Brown says and what I say about greatness in you, I learned this quote that I think everyone could grab a hold to, and it is this: It's already in you. Yes. It's always been in you. Yes. You see, what I experienced brought it out of me.
0: Mm-hmm
1: but it was always in me what we have to do with each other is help bring out that's what i mean tap into if you go to uh, discover water if you go to plant uh, flowers fruit whatever you got to tap into that ground you got to break the hardness of the shell you got to get to the place where there's a softness and a soil that we can plant seeds into that will flourish and grow into something great. That's why there is greatness in every single one of us. We Mm -hmm. gotta get past the hardness of the ground. And some of our grounds are harder than others because some of us have stone on top of the ground, Mm -hmm. not just a hard ground because the season has hardened our hearts. If we can soften the hearts of man, if we can soften the hearts of each other through love and care, compassion, extending our hands to help one another, we will discover that there's not just greatness in everyone, but there's a love in everyone so that we can be better together.
0: Bravo. Oh, that is so beautiful and so true. So I wrote a couple of notes here that uh, I'm on note taker big time. So you said the power of surrender, that you learned the power of surrender and that you're wanting to impart to people the power of surrender. Now, that's not surrendering to bad things, that it was ultimately surrendering to the love of God in your life and to his plan. But then you said, the unselfishness of your family yes. that you met. They looked different than you. They lived different than you had previously. But their unselfishness, their love for you, that between those two things, your surrender and their unselfishness, I wrote down, it broke the curse. Yes. Yes. Like I is everybody hearing that today? Yeah. Are you hearing this? This is an example. This is a living example of how we break free from those things that, as Stefan has said, there's greatness in you. Those seeds uh, of potential are there. How do you turn up that get rid of those stones and turn up that soil and get it ready for the for the water and the sun and all of that kind of thing so that the yeah. seeds grow? He gave two key things here. Surrender. Yes, and selflessness. Yes, they had they they were selfless. They were they were unselfish. In in yes. what they did, and that created the atmosphere. That's correct. Woo, that a, is powerful.
1: The atmosphere is very key, right? Because yes. not only we, you know, you it creates an atmosphere in a home. But it also creates an environment in our culture. Yes. You see, the beautiful thing about the seasons of life is that the seasons change, but there are things that grow in every season of life. Mm. That's called environment. Yes. You see, when you're placed in the right environment to grow, it doesn't matter the seasons of change because you were built to last in every season. The love that overwhelmed me, prepared me and helped me get beyond the abuse that I had experienced, the neglect that I have experienced, the the failures that I had experienced. Those things that happen in our life that takes us through seasons of difficulty ultimately go away when we're in the right environment. It's so critical that we create an environment of love and care and kindness and compassion and unselfishness because that environment helps us all get through every season of life.
0: Yes. Even when it's
1: difficult, because Stefan Leary, as I said before, when COVID hit, I had to go back and visit zero to 17. I was okay with Stefan Leary from 17 to 50. Mm-hmm. Zero to 17 presented some issues in my life that had cost me marriages, jobs, perhaps other opportunities that cost me because I didn't know me.
0: Right.
1: I only knew a part of me. And so now my journey in life is discovering me. One of the things that I will encourage everyone today is this, the greatest commandment in the scriptures, I believe, has been misinterpreted, not intentionally, but because we have been afraid to tell people that it's okay to love yourself. Breach it. You see, the greatest commandment says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and all your strength. And everybody gets that part. Every preacher tells you that. Every teacher tells you that. Every parent tells you that. Every coach tells you that. Every trainer tells you that. But when the seasons of life come and you don't feel like loving or you feel like you can't love the Lord your God, it goes to step two and step three. There are three parts of that scripture, not two. There's a wonderful song that's out today. It says, it's real simple, love God and love people. Yes. And I love the song, but I say, man, we're missing it. Because mm-hmm. you can love people according to that verse until you love yourself. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might and all your strength and love and love and love thy neighbor and love them as you love yourself. What many people are missing in their lives, Pamela, is that we don't love ourselves in the conditions that we're in because of the seasons that we're in Mm -hmm. and the rough seasons we've been through. Sure. So all of the pain, the hurt, the fears, the failures, the agonies, the defeats, the abuse, the neglect, the rejections, all of that has put us or caused us to go through a season in our life where we don't love us. And Stefan Leary went through that season and I just recently, this is very recent, Pamela. I went and ran to my parents. I ran to my parents and I said, I got something to tell you, I got something to tell you. And I said, I heard this unbelievable service. It was from Stephen Furtick and it says, it's always been in you. Mm-hmm. And what God showed me was Love has always been in me, but my family brought that love out. Out of you. But guess what happened to Stefan Leary, Pamela? Stefan Leary went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Stefan Leary was asked to leave a job because of false accusations. Stefan Leary buried that love that saved it and I ran to my parents and I said, Hey, God showed me, I buried the very thing that saved me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It was love that saved me. It was love that changed me and it is love that I need to continue to do to accept, to love and be loved. And so the past few years of going through my rough season, I buried love and God has brought it back out of me again. And now I'm writing books <laughs> and speaking <laughs> to perhaps help somebody else who has gone through a different, se- a difficult season and have lost themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. And you and I have
1: talked about my, my second book that's coming out, The Elevated Soul. I compare it to the Lion King, Cub, Simba, where something difficult happened to him in his life. He lost his father. And he had a Lion King, L-Y-I-N-G, named Scar, who told him, run away, run away, Simba, and never return. You see, that's what happens in our life. Right, We go through difficult times in our life and there's an enemy, there's an enemy in our voice, a liar, a Lion King who's telling you to run away from who you are. And like the Lion Cub Simba, we run, we run to a far off place to where we don't even know who we are. True. Simba ran and he's a lion. He's supposed to be king in the jungle and eat everything in the jungle and he runs to a place where people are telling him what to eat. <laughs> That's what happens to us. We run to a place where we don't even know who we are that other things start to control us. Drugs, people, alcohol, alcohol those things start to control us to where we lose sight of who we really are wow yeah and it's not until the great monkey rafiki enters the movie and he tells simba i know who you are simba says you do he said i know your father simba saying yeah but he's dead And he says these most powerful words that everyone needs to hear. He's alive. I'll show you. (laughs) And he takes Simba down to the brook where Simba gets to look in this water and Simba looks in the water and he sees this reflection of himself. And he says, that's just my reflection. And that's what happens to us.
0: Right.
1: We run to a far off place that every day we wake up, we look in the mirror and we see this person that we we're not happy with. It's just the same reflection of this depressed, discouraged, lost, hopeless person. And Rafiki says, no, no, look. And Simba looks harder. And as you said in the beginning, and as I said, he says, you see, he lives in you. Yes. Simba looks into the water in that movie, that wonderful movie. And he sees the reflection of his father and he comes to himself because his father appears in the in, in skies and says, Simba, oh Simba, you have so forgotten me that you've forgotten yourself. Mm. Remember who you are. Yes, You are the son of a king. Remember who you are. So no matter what happens in our lives, Pamela, no matter what we go through, the key is to know and understand he lives in you. Yes. Remember who you are. Remember you are a son and daughter of the king. And he has great purpose in your life. No matter what you've been through, no matter what battle you face, no matter what, situation you find yourself in, he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And Rafiki tells him one of the last greatest lessons we all can learn in our life. He tells him, well, oh my, was that the wind? And Simba says, eh, I don't know. You see Rafiki was telling him about the seasons of life. Yes. The wind blows and blows. Things happen in life. And he hits Simple on the head and Simba says, Ouch, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And Rafiki tells him the lesson that we all can learn. He said, oh yeah, the past does hurt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you can either learn from it or you can run from it. And he swings that Sim again and he ducks. And he learned from it and he ran back to his purpose.
0: I have never, until I met you, seen (laughs) or experienced Lion King in that like third dimensional.
1: (laughs) The Elevated Soul, you are more than what you see. That book is coming out, published by TVN. It'll be all over the networks. Um, I cannot wait to get that book into people's hands. You are more than what you see. It is Christ that lives in you that is the hope of glory.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Stefan.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you for empowering us. You're welcome. And there's so much, so rich. I you know, I came in on a good vibration and in <laughs> a good spirit, but I tell you right now, like. My feet are, you know, up there somewhere. (laughs) Don't pull me down. I don't want to come down. I'm going to carry this through the
1: Keep floating. Keep floating. Keep rising. Keep Keep rising.
0: Right (laughs) on. Thank you so much for sharing your heart. Thank
1: you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure.
0: It has been a pleasure. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you. Thank
0: you to everyone who has tuned in today. I'm sure that you're floating way up there with me, right? This has been amazing. I would like to ask you to do a favor for Stefan and I. Isn't his message today, his, his talk, his story, his gold nuggets that he dropped one after one, like bombs, <laughs> aren't they amazing? And shouldn't the world hear them?
2: Mm. And it,
0: It's really easy to get the world to hear them. If you're watching this right now, which obviously you are, there's a little button that says share Mm. All you need to do is click that you can send it to a friend to a family member you can post it on social media Mm. you can tell somebody download the exposure app and you need to tune in Thursday nights 7 p.m. Eastern time and hear these stories Mm. I just I'm asking you to please do us a huge favor and share this knowledge, share this episode, because the world needs to hear it. We're all saying we want the world to be a better place, but it's only going to be a better place as each one of us affect the world that we're in. This right. is the way we can do it together. So help us spread this message. And I thank you in advance for doing that. Yes. I also want to thank you for being here today. And I want to remind you, that you do have a purpose by design, not by default. That's right. Thank you for joining the Pamela Show where we learn and grow together. Now get out there and be the salt and the light everywhere you go. Thanks. See you next time. Ascend Above the Crowd is the newest course by Pamela Hinkle. Ascend is a self paced email course that will come directly to your inbox and will change your mindset and your life. Each week you will receive lessons, resources, challenges, and journal writings that will help you discover your purpose by design. It's your time to ascend above the crowd. To learn more about Ascend, go to www.PurposeWithPamela.com forward slash Ascend.
2: Pamela Henkel is the founder of The Purpose Center. Pamela is a mindset mentor, author, speaker, minister, and transformation coach. Her weekly podcast, international radio show, and television show are a lifeline that changes lives and inspires people to discover their individual potential through realizing their purpose by design. Pamela is a natural motivator and has shown many how to find their niche and transform their lives. Although success is an uphill battle, Pamela gives the necessary strategies to flourish. Cheering you on every step of the way, Pamela shares from her personal experiences, education, and life as a woman in leadership, utilizing decades of knowledge, taking the approach of let's have coffee and chat. She will awaken your dreams and purpose by design. Are you ready for Pamela to help guide you? Email us at purposewpamela.office at gmail.com or go to her website at purposewithpamela.com.